You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Okay, I think I have two things. I don't know if they connect, you know, but I know they should connect somehow, you know, for us to meditate on this morning. Praise the Lord. One of them is like um, a body. And the other one is just like an um, observation, which I also find the scriptures giving very strong foundation to. And um, maybe we'll start with the one that is a burden. Now, how many of us here have been saved by the Lord Jesus? We are saved. Praise the Lord. Now, after Jesus saved us, okay, After he saved you and I, you know, we are still in the same world where he saved us. Praise the Lord. We are still in the same world. We've not been taken out of this world. We are still in this world. It was in this world that we were in sin. It was in this world that we were, you know, uh, debtors and, you know, transgressors and disobedient and rebellious and all of that. And in this world, he saved us. Praise the Lord. Are you getting my point? So let's take it that this salvation is like a man in the river, drowning. Okay? And a lifeguard saves him. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? The lifeguard saves this man. Now, once he is, you know, pulled from drowning, and the river is yet um, 100 meters or 200 meters you know, far from shore. Will the person saved because he has been picked up from, you know, that final drowning? Will he say to the lifeguard, bye-bye, see you later? What is he going to do? He's going to hold on to him, isn't it? Until when? Until he gets to the shore. Praise the Lord. Now, as believers, we have been saved by the Lord Jesus. Now, our Lord Jesus, who saved us, said something to us. He said, it is expedient for you, it is expedient for me, that my Savior will go, that the Helper will come. Salvation is through the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. But making it to the end is by the help of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord, somebody. Now, it is as simple as it is. Our Lord Jesus said to the disciples after his resurrection, he said to them, don't get excited and run about. He said, go and what? Wait, tarry until what? You're endued with power from the Holy Ghost. And then you shall become what? Witnesses to me. The scripture saying it in another way says, as many as are led of the spirit world, these are the sons or the children of God. What am I trying to say? People of God, brothers and sisters, I want us to see how utterly helpless and hopeless we are without the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. We, we, we need the Holy Spirit more than we know. And the reason we have not seen our desperate need for him is possibly because we are not desiring to soar. It's because we are comfortable with failure. It's because we do not, you know, get insulted when we fail. We we do not feel the pain. Praise the Lord. For instance, I mean, just because, you know, two days ago was Valentine. I was thinking, okay, how much influence... The world has gotten on the church. Now, did you know that almost every church had to have some kind of Valentine's program? Now, how many married people quarrel because your wife or husband didn't, you know, do Valentine for you? Was there any friction? But you see, the church had to, you know, present something so that this Valentine thing won't drag people away. Now, Christmas, which is our celebration, comes when we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus. Um, Easter, which is the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. When the celebrations come, the unbelievers don't go to church. The world doesn't go to church. They use the same celebration to carry their iniquity to the other level. Is someone getting what I'm saying? 
You see, Christmas drinkers drink. Robbers rob more. Evil people do more evil. Any celebration, they do what they do. But it's only us that when the world is doing their own, sometimes we feel, let us let our guts down. It's only Valentine. Let us fool around a bit. You see, let's not be too spiritual. Praise the Lord. Can you come up one day and say, let me not be too human. Let me be a bit dogly. Or can a fish decide and say, I'm being too fish. Let me be monkey. Monkeyly. Let's try some climbing trees. Praise the Lord. You see, it doesn't work that way. Praise the Lord. You know why that is so? Because many times we are operating on what we may, you know, rightly call here, native ability. So many of us have pushed our Christianity and have managed thus far because of our own strength. So when the challenge, you know, exerts our strength, we just give up. But you see, we've learned here oftentimes that uh, Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior Jesus, is a type of every Christian. Everyone who is born again is like a Mary. How are we like a Mary? We are like a Mary in the sense that Mary was a virgin and on her own by nothing extra that she did. She wasn't, you know, she was the favor of God found her and made her special. She was not special. Okay? Just like you and I. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to her, the assignment that was, you know, announced to her or the task that she was to accomplish was that she will remain a virgin and yet bring forth what? A child. Now, you and I know that's impossible. And Mary asked, I mean, it's impossible. I'm a virgin. How can I bring forth a child knowing no man? The only way I can do that is I go to know a man. And we know what the angel answered. The angel answered, no, you don't need to know a man. He says the power of the most high will do what? Overshadow you. Then you, the same virgin, will be able to do what? Bring forth a child. Now, every born again Christian are in the same position where we, whether we are mananizers or womanizers or drunkards or, you know, arm robbers or sodomists or whatever, or, you know, whatever it is we are. We, once we get saved, the power of the most high does what comes upon us and we no longer remain the same. The scripture says that he that is in Christ becomes what? A new creation. What happens? All things pass away. Behold what? All things become new. So the Christian by the power of the Holy Ghost is able to undo what he used to do and now do what he couldn't do before. Are we getting it? It's never by our power. The same way Mary could not bring... You see, praise the Lord. You understand DNA? Everybody understands what DNA means. It means the code by which my body forms. My DNA is what has my height, you know, depending... Maybe if I lived in America, I may be taller. I may have eaten more chicken and, you know... You know, the environment you find yourself. But your DNA determines a lot of things. You know, almost everything. The limit of everything. The same way now for the Christian... What we find in Mary is the DNA of the believer. It is that you and God, or rather God in you will be able to do what? Accomplish impossible things. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ will say, with men, this is what? Impossible. But with God, how many things? All things are possible. Now, it's important you understand that. It's important you believe that. It's important you embrace that. And then Paul writes and says, desire earnestly the best gifts. Because this is why many Christians are not progressing. Because they hear some things, they just tell themselves, it's impossible. It's like taking, you know, a maths uh, 401 exam to uh, people who are in 40 year law. And tell them that in this fourth year, you're going to do an elective, mathematics 401. You know what will happen? Some of them will come there and write on the screen, stupid teacher. Because they won't even attempt. They will know, they, before that day, they know they have failed. Are you getting it? Why? Because they've concluded that you want to test us in an area what, where we have no ability. Now, the Christian is always tempted to look at things and say, I cannot do this. I'm not able to do this. You know what? You're in good company. You're not expected to be able to do that. But Christ in you, the Bible says what? Is the hope of glory. 
And that's where faith comes in. If you only believe things that you think you can do, you've not believed God. You have believed yourself. And that's the good job motivational speakers do. They motivate you to believe yourself. But you see, believing yourself cannot get the result of being a Christian. Praise the Lord. No, no. They can make you feel better, but they can't make you better. Because, you see, the law of motion, it says every object remains in the same in the same place of rest until what? An external force acts on it. So all the things you're saying to yourself is still yourself. But when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, praise the Lord. It's important. Why? Because it is that faith that makes a man to be transformed. It is that faith. I know for me personally, one of the reasons why, you know, the few times I considered getting born again, that I just, you know, waved it as I was. I said, I don't want to be a hypocrite. How many said that? You know, I mean, I know a bit of what it would take to be a Christian. And I said, no, I cannot. I don't want to be a hypocrite. But you see now, that excuse or that reasoning is faulty because the Christian is, the real Christian cannot be a hypocrite. Because the fact that you're a Christian means you have already confessed that you're unable. It's the prideful man. It is the natural man. It's the carnal man that analyzes this thing. Okay, I won't steal. I won't be able to do this. But this other one, I can't guarantee people I can't do. So because of that, I won't give my life to Christ. He's still talking from his word. Native ability. But the Christian comes and confesses that I'm what? A sinner. I can't help myself again. And then all of a sudden, something happens. The spirit of the living God now what? Comes upon the same person who couldn't do and begins to enable him to do what? That the Bible says, then the Bible says, we bear this treasure, what? In earthen vessels. That what may happen? That the excellence, the glory of the power may what? Be of God. That's why you see some people, they don't encourage you. Because what they are doing is their power. But you encounter some people, all you keep feeling is that, I can do this thing. You, know? you look at the person and say, ah, this person is a... Why? Because you look at this person, you see through this person's life that what the result he's bringing, he's getting it from somewhere. And he's not also hiding the source. That's why the Bible says, God, who through us diffuses the fragrance of Christ in every place, making us an aroma of life to some and death to some. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to take this in because part of what we're going to do today is receive the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. To do what? To receive the Holy Ghost. Receive him. So that help will come. So that grace will come. So that victory will come. Because you see, that's why you hear a message. And say it's hard. What is hard? If the teacher gave me an assignment. And the teacher will do the assignment. Can it be hard? Everything that we are being asked to do as Christians. God himself will what? He said he's the one who works in you. Listen. Both to what? To will. And to do what? Now, let's take that now, step by step. You can put the scripture for us, please. It says, God walks in me to will and to do. Of what? His good pleasure. Now, it means that the starting point for the accomplishment of anything God is going to do in my life begins where? Somebody should have. It's straightforward now. In my will. In my will. It says, he walks in me, what? Both to will. That's the first point. The other part is, is already done. So if I'm not seeing it done, I should step back and ask a question. What question should I ask? Am I willing? Doesn't the Bible say if you're willing and obedient, what will happen? You will eat the good of the land. It didn't say if you're able. And do you know why it has to be if you're willing? If you're willing is you here to say, yes, Lord, I surrender. Yes, Lord. Ah, you must do, do the, you say, yes, Lord. This is what it takes. He say, yes, Lord, I surrender. Do you have the ability? No, sir, you give it to me. Simple. The willingness is there. Once you surrender the will, his ability. Once you say yes, that's how you started the journey. By saying yes, praise the Lord. And then his grace comes in. So what it means is that your Christianity can go to the next level. Praise the Lord. You should no longer look at yourself and say there are some things impossible for me. How many of us love the fact that we're no longer mere men? Hallelujah. How many of us know that mere men also speak uncommon language? Mere men are not always watching, um, are not always on the ground floor. Praise the Lord. Mere men always do something. Mere men are always tuned to the spirit. The Bible says, praying all manner of prayer. 
in the spirit, Jude verse 23-24. In the Amplified Version, where it says, you know, building up yourself in most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. 20. It says what? But you, beloved, what do you do? Build yourselves up, what? On the foundation of your most holy faith, continually progressing. Okay, continual progress. Rise like what? An edifice, what? Higher and higher. Do what? Pray in the Holy Spirit. How many of us pray in the Holy Ghost? You don't need to raise your hand. Now, it is your gift. It is your property. If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, you are saying, well, I don't understand it. But you need it. Praise the Lord. It's an equipment. It is necessary for your victory. In any warfare, in any warfare that men will fight and men have fought, okay, there are always communications. In fact, the communication centers are the critical centers of that war. Because if the communication breaks down or wrong communication is, you know, exchanged, the people in the forefront or wherever can take the wrong step. Now, for communication to also be effective or any side, is that that communication has to be coded. If I'm communicating something to those in my, um, uh, what do they call those in the field? My advanced party or whatever, those in the field, from the base, and trying to communicate strategy for them. If the enemies are hearing it exactly as I'm saying it, will it be strategy again? It won't be strategy. Now, when you pray in English, you speak a language that even your neighbor will know what you're praying about. Now, but if you pray in the Holy Ghost, when your enemy is here, they say, what did he pray for? They say, he prayed, he say, where is that from? Where is, what does he mean? He say, it means, your landlord comes and hears you praying. Your rent is due. I don't know what you pray, but don't pray that your landlord should die because you want to be a landlord too. Isn't it? Uh-huh. But you're praying some kind of prayer. Your neighbors here, they say this man is calling fire on all his enemies. Landlord, let this man move out of your house before fire will kill you. Are you getting? But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you speak to God in a language he understands. But you also speak in a language that the devil can never understand. Praise the Lord. Above that even, you speak in a language that you yourself, your distractions cannot distract it. You speak beyond your level of comprehension. So, assuming now the, the Bible says um, James and John, you know, got their mother to come and plead with Jesus to give them the best positions in the kingdom. If James's uh, um, and John's mother came to Jesus and prayed in the Holy Ghost, you know, she would not say in your kingdom, give them the left and the right seat. When she begins to pray, because the Holy Ghost would take the desire and interpret it according to the will of God. So that whatever she would pray will be according to God's will. But her prayer only caused trouble. James was the first to die. John was the one that followed the last one after being boiled in hot oil. So her prayer even complicated matters. I'm just trying to raise that as, a, as an example. That you must desire spiritual things. Praise the Lord. A lot of us come to churches and it's okay. You know, like the drama said, you see a nice dress immediately after. Sister, who made this dress? You see the hair? Who made this hair? Okay? You, you see one thing, who made this? It's okay. I mean, we are human beings. But most important, desire spiritual gifts. You're spiritual. You're no longer a mere man. Praise the Lord. You're no longer a mere man. When you come, aspire to go higher. Aspire to go deeper. Praise the Lord. So, we're going to pray to receive the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? Now, before we now do that, let's try and connect the other one. Because we are supposed to be in a season where we are talking about love. Now, the Bible says something. If you would open your Bibles, this was supposed to be my text. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I'll read from verse 8. Philippians 4, 8. I'll read. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. He says, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. He said, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now and at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. 
I know, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So this is what we're saying. We can do all things. Praise the Lord. He said, nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now, this is where I'm going. You Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you send aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound, and I'm full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. 20 says, Now unto our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. Now Paul here is speaking about this church that supported him financially. And in verse 15, he says something there. He says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only now what did this church do for paul from our what we know what did this church do this church did what they gave paul financial aid praise the lord they supported paul financially but notice something there paul did not say this church you know no church gave me gifts he said no church shared with me concerning what giving and receiving now what am i trying to say the bible is very clear if you would open genesis 8 22 the bible is very clear just like in accounting some of us here know have a bit of accounting background every activity in accounting has two sides you can't do something on one side if there's a debit somewhere then there has to be what a corresponding credit somewhere that's what paul was saying here it says giving never stands alone he said, once there is a giving, what will we do? There will be a receiving. Genesis 8.22. He says, while the earth remains, what? Seed time only. No. Seed time and what? Harvest. He says, shall not seed. He says, next one, he says, cold and what? Heat. We are approaching the heat season now. He says, winter and what? Summer. Day and what? Night. We are in the day now. A few hours down, we are going to be in the night. That's the way God has created his world. There are going to be two sides to everything. Praise the Lord. Now, the apostle Paul said to this church, you shared with me. And further down, he said to them, in verse 17, he says, not that I seek. 17, he says, he says, I'm not really seeking the gift that you give me. I'm seeking something else. What am I seeking? He says, I'm seeking the fruit word that abounds to your account. Now, I'm putting this as a background to also talk about, you know, the Valentine and the love thing and all of that. Because I was asking a question, okay? Some people, unquote, have Valentine, some don't have Valentine. What does, who is even Valentine, Baba? Okay, but let's leave all of that. And I tried to ask, you know, some questions, maybe just rhetorical questions. But I said, does God love everybody? God loves everybody. We know that from scripture, right? For God so loved, praise the Lord. John 3, 16, we know that. Okay, does God love everybody equally? What it means is this. Let's try and put it this way. It means on a day like that, Valentine, is everybody equally loved? Are some people sympathy cases and are some people enjoyment cases? Does God love everybody equally? The volume of yes as those who say nay. No nay. <laughs> are you sure? Okay, does God love everybody in the same way? Does God love everybody in the same way? No, right? Okay. God indeed loves everybody equally. But God does not love everybody in the same way. I don't know if you've seen the picture, um, or whether it's a cartoon or a joke, where a man, some relative outside the country, send them clothes. And the father of the house, being the father of the house, chose the things he wanted. 
and came out wearing, is it um, ghetto? The woman came out wearing something else that was only for men. You see, because this gift came from who? A relative. And when it came to the house, they all chose equally. Everybody picked one after the other. There were four of them, so they picked, they picked, they picked. Everybody picked. And whatever they picked, they put on themselves. Now, you can imagine the caricature they were when they came out. Because they distributed the gift from this relative how? Equally. Equally. Now, God will not love me as a man the way he will love my wife as a woman. Isn't it? If God really wants to make me happy, you know, in the quote happy, in terms of, um, maybe God will give me a car. If God wants to make my wife happy, you started liking cars too, but maybe God will bring Sishu to call her with a one-hour gist. How many married people are here? Sometimes your wife is on the phone and talking. You expect the conversation to end, and it will be that you, the family has won, you know, the lottery. And it will just be that the gist is hot. Praise the Lord. Now, for that, it's okay. Another person, maybe for the person to just feel good, they need man you to win, you know, to end this season. There is a season now, Nabi. End man you. A miracle will happen. Man you will rise to the top of the ladder, Abi. That's what some people want. Meanwhile, someone for me now, if man you drops to the last, I won't even know. See, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Now, now, what am I trying to say? The things that touch each of us that we value vary. And because he's God and he's the one who made us, he speaks each man's language. Praise the Lord. He speaks each man's language. Now, oftentimes, that's where envy comes in. Envy comes in when I refuse to hear the language of love that God is speaking to me. And begin to try to interpret the language of love that God is speaking to another person. Somebody told us here some time ago. I can't remember who, uh, who told us. But he told of this lady... I think they live in, in Port Harcourt. And he said, this lady's husband is a billionaire. This lady is beautiful. This lady has children. This lady drives the best. Any car, the latest cars, the husband changes the cars for them as the cars come out. But he says, this lady is so frustrated in that home. The husband doesn't beat her. But he said, the man is so possessive that even as he's driving the car, the man might send another car just following, just to make sure that she's, not that she's going anywhere, but that she's okay. So she feels choked in all of that provision, in all of, all of that prosperity, and she's looking for a way out. Are you seeing this picture now? Somebody else now, that the husband, they have only one car. So if she goes out with the car, the husband is careless. My look and say, oh, I wish my husband were as rich as that other one who buys, who has five cars or two cars. In fact, the person might think this other lady moves in a convoy. But that convoy is the root of our frustration. Why should I drive out to go and visit my friend? And you send your PA to drive behind me. She can't understand it. But some other person is seeing it as an expression of affluence. Now, God knowing that this lady, that the husband... That she and her husband have only one car. That if such a thing happened, might probably do something extreme. Keeps her with her one car husband. So that her sanity will remain. Is someone hearing me? He loves everybody uniquely. You see, he loves you in a way that it will work for you. God is doing his best to bring out that best that he put in you. That's why if you look at the parable of the talents... He gave somebody five. He gave some other person two. He gave another person one. And to prove to us the righteousness of God, the person who he gave one still did not perform. He wasted the one. The Bible says he gave to each one according to their ability. Now, what is their ability? That's where I'm going now. Because I, I, want, I want us to tie that. What is their ability? Because it says see time and what? So, how do I measure my harvest. How do I know my harvest? My harvest is a proportion of what? Or a multiplication of what? My seed. Isn't it? Uh-huh. Simple as that. And if Paul says, no church shared with me concerning what? Giving and what? Receiving. Then what is the volume that I receive? The Bible answers that for us. To the measure 
you give the same measure one. Now, how many of us feel unloved? How many of us feel lonely? How many of us feel forsaken? How many of us feel empty? How many of us feel that the world has not really been fair to us? I've come to tell you, you can turn it around. Because nothing on this earth stands alone. If you give, you will receive. You know, that's the problem. We've changed everything in the gospel to money. So that whenever we talk about giving and receiving, people are thinking money. But you see, I don't know if you have a friend who is always calling you, checking on you. Sometimes, even if you don't love him by guilt, you will say, this is Monday. He will soon call me again. You will now do what? Pick up the phone and do what? What is happening now is that the person has so given that it becomes impracticable for him or her not to what? To receive it. Are you following? You see, God has said, you and I can determine the quantum. Is that correct? Uh-huh. The quantum of what we receive. You and I can determine. You can decide and sit down and say, I'm no, nobody's you know, loving me. Nobody's helping me. No, nobody's blessing me. Nobody's thinking about me. You are right. But you see, you can also change that narrative. And you won't change it by somebody getting up to bless you. You're going to change it by you knowing that what? Giving and receiving go together. They can't cut it off. It says, as the earth what? If you want to stop the night from coming, you have to stop the day from coming. Because as surely as the day comes, the night will follow. And as surely as the night comes, what will happen? They will follow. I've come to say to somebody here, there's a secret to this thing. If you give love, you will receive love. If you give care, you'll receive care. It works. You know why it works? It's the principle of the world that God has created. If not, God will have to explain so many things to us. When you think of a businessman, maybe only in Nigeria and, you know, a few exceptions somewhere. When you think of a businessman, the average person thinks of somebody who makes money. But you see, the businessman should actually be a solution provider. That's why organizations that have product development, you know, sections and, you know, departments, what they do is that they try to develop things that will solve people's problems. When they develop what will solve people's problems, you know what happens? As they give solving the problems of people, what will happen? The organization will make money. It's only in this environment that people make money destroying. People will get up and destroy something and then they're paid for destroying. May it change in Jesus' name. They ask you to build house. You build house that will fall and then you make 5,000, you know, percent profit on it. No. You see, life is giving and what? Receiving. In every area. In every area. Part of what I wanted for us to use as text is Genesis 24. You you can open to it. We'll just run through it very quickly. And every account of relationship in the Bible, it was so clear. And um, Genesis 24, where the servant of Abraham was sent to go and find a bride for Isaac. When this man appeared, verse 12, Genesis 24, verse 12. Look at what he said. He prayed. He said, Oh Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Abraham had given him specific instructions. Go and get a wife for my son and don't get it from this people here. Get it from amongst my family. This is what he says, verse 13. He said, Behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw what? I seen his coverage area. The daughters of what? The men of the city, all of them. He said, now, let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my sister. Now, let's stop here. Now, the average human being thinks that when people are searching, Maybe for friends, maybe for husband, maybe for wife, maybe for partners, for whatever it is, business associates or customers, that people are searching for the best. This man's prayer, did he say when the tallest girl comes? Did he say when the most beautiful girl comes? Did he say when the one that has the hourglass figure? Did he say the one that walks 
you know, in one particular, is that what he said? No. He said, the one that if I ask without offering anything, will give me. Not just give me, but will offer to do what? To give to my camels. Now, it's one thing to give a human being water. It's another thing to give one camel. It's another matter to give. To, you know, it, <laughs> camels are the dangote trailers of those days. So it says, and this person will give me and then offer. That's talking about the attitude. And offer to do what? To also give my camels. He said, let that be the one. You know, he didn't say that's the one. He said, let that be. You know what he was saying? He says, anyone that can give like this, that's the one I want my master's son to marry. And do you know why I'm saying this? Because there's nobody that disqualified from this. If this man came there and said, let the one that her nose is like this and her figure is like this. Or let the man that has the biggest car or has that. You see, men, let's not deceive ourselves. It's not every time women are looking for money. Because we have the same story. Moses was penniless, familyless, destinyless. Moses was a wretch in that wilderness. Just standing, sitting by there. He saw these young daughters of, uh, of um, Jethro being harassed. He did what a man should do. Some of us young men, you're not married. You see a lady carrying different things. You say, excuse me. And you pass. And you think money is your problem. Your problem is that you give nothing. And when you give nothing, I'm going to explain it to you. It's not complicated. You see, we talked about every human being has a vessel the other day. The same way in giving, every human being has a vessel. Now, what happens is this. Maybe I need a, can I have that offering basket, please, quickly? Every human being has a vessel. So now, this is my vessel as I'm walking now. Okay? What's this vessel full of? It's not empty. It's full of air. It's full of air. Assuming I want this vessel to be filled with water. Or let's say, okay, let's imagine it's full of water. And I want it now to be filled with crude oil. Praise the Lord. Um, Brother Georgie of uh, NMPC, can he put crude oil in this vessel? He cannot now. Why can't he put it? Because the vessel is already what? Containing something. It's full. That's what happens if you're going about murmuring and complaining. Nobody loves me. They can't even love you. You're too full. You can't receive. There's no space. That's why the apostle Paul said, concerning giving and what? Receiving. So if I'm coming now and my desire or maybe my need is for crude oil. And I come and I see Sister Momichi. And I see she needs water. And I pour water to her. And I see, uh, Femi, I haven't seen in a long time. You must be thirsty. I pour water. And my vessel is now empty. As I'm passing here by the law of seed time and harvest, Joji will have no option but to fill my empty vessel with what? Crude. But if I carry this water, it will not pour. I will not give. I will hold it. This little I have, I must hold myself. When I come, even if they command him, give him crude, he cannot enter. Many of us are believers, but there is no space because we have not emptied. We don't empty. We don't bless anybody. And I repeat, I'm not thinking money. Just be nice. Be a blessing to somebody. Even just telling somebody, sister, your hair is nice. Some people have never said it. Because why should they tell you your hair is nice when nobody has told them their own hair is nice? If I tell you, it means my own is less nice. It says, you shared with me concerning giving and receiving. The world God created abhors a single-sided transaction. We learned here, that's why Jesus said, if they slap you on the cheek, don't slap back. Because it doesn't matter what they did to you. Once you do your own, you've started another process. Once you sow your own, what has happened? You have sown. And seed time and harvest. So what is the secret, people of God? It's to understand and believe that God loves you. And God has chosen nobody over you. It's amazing 
you know, even though I feel for some, you know, for people, but it's amazing how much joy, or let me use the word, maybe not joy, happiness, people derive when their so-called idols excel. Nothing has happened to them personally, but you see, they've devoted their attention to these people. So when something good happens to these people, what happens? They also rejoice automatically. Now, why don't you bring that down to your life, you know, at the spiritual level? Where you know that as a child of God, nothing you do will go unrewarded. Nothing you do will be unrecompensed. You cannot be ignored. And let me say this also. When we're saying about emptying, when the Bible says seed time and harvest, now for the farmer, you reap in the same field you sowed, Abby, but you don't reap in the same season. But spiritually, you don't reap where you sow. You see, praise God, very interesting. The farmer does not reap what he sowed. He sows a seed and he reaps what? He reaps the full crop. Now, in the spiritual, you don't reap where you sow, but you reap what you sow. So, it's impossible to sow care and reap neglect. It's impossible. There are people that, that joined this church less than one year ago. They have more friends in this church than people, some people who joined 17 years ago. And some people look at it and they say it's a clique. It's not a clique. They have emptied more. The more you empty, there will be space. Now, now, no matter how wicked you are, if somebody greets you consecutively, nicely for three Sundays, wouldn't you know the person? But you don't greet anybody. And even when they greet you, you don't even respond well. Because you have problems. Listen, the Bible didn't say those who have problems, they will solve their problems. No. It says, to the measure you give, what will happen? He said, that same measure to what? Be measured back to you. So, do you want to receive anything? Somebody answer me. What the Bible is saying is that you have to give something. Do you want to receive? He said, it's two sides. And the other way is the same. If you also feel, this was the one we learned over Christmas. I think that message is important if you, you should try and get it. If we want to also understand how do we, this demand from us to love and to, you know, share and to be nice to everybody, love your enemies and all of that. For you to understand it is that you have to go back to what you received. So it's always two sides. There's a receiving so I can give. And there's a giving so what? I can receive. None of it stands on its own. Let me show you a scripture. In John chapter 7. Come with me. John chapter 7 verse 37 to 39. So we see that Rebecca, the thing that distinguished her was she emptied. There's one nice part on that story. Should I, do you like seeing some very interesting things in the world? Let me show you that very nice part. Ah, I saw the thing. I, I said, chai. <laughs> Genesis 24. Now, when Rebecca had done this thing and she got home, hmm? Verse 28. <laughs> Look at verse 28. It says, so the young, Genesis 24, 20. It says, so the young woman ran and told her mother's household these things. 29. Now, Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. And Laban ran out to the man by the well. So it came to pass when Laban saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's ring. And when he heard the words of his sister, Rebecca, saying, thus the man spoke to me, that he went to the man, and there he stood by the camels at the well, 31. And he said, come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? That's the level many of us are. He has seen the nose ring. He has seen the car. He has heard he's working at Asorok. The father is a retired general. And he said, I love you. He said to the man, why are you standing I bet you that same Laban would not have given the man water. You see, some of us are too smart for ourselves. Many of us operate at the level of Laban. You scan and choose your friends. That's why that friend is always annoying you. Because you're choosing that friend because of the nose ring and the bracelet. But Rebecca innocently. The Bible didn't tell us Rebecca noticed whatever. She just said, you need water, I can give water. I have the ability to give water, and water I'll give. May we become such Christians in the name of Jesus. Let's not choose friends and associations and accomplishments based on what we see. Let's not be like labor. We saw how frustrated his life was. He was a quick-witted man. But quick-witted men don't do well spiritually. 
The Bible was clear. He said when he saw this and saw that and saw that, look at how nice he became. Some of us can be so nice to wealthy people, but so mean to people who are not that fortunate. You're not being wise. There's a connection in the spirit. You know, someone has said to young ladies and, you know, both young men as well. He said, one of the ways you know the character of whoever is, you know, trying to date you or whatever it is that you're doing is don't focus on how they treat their friends and people above them. Look at how they treat people that have no use to them. That will expose their character to you. Because that's what they will do to you. When, you know, when you marry somebody, you have signed, sealed, and what? You're like those things you buy online. They say you can return it if the box is still the same. After marriage, the box is no longer the same. So let us not be laborers, amen? Okay, so John chapter 7, praise God. In John chapter 7, this is what happens there. Very interesting scripture. 37 to 39. It says on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He said, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now look at 39. 39 says, but this is spoke concerning the spirit, whom those believing in him would what? Now, I want to make a point here, just in case I'm not able to get there. Notice everywhere the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit. It says we receive him. We receive him. Very important. We receive him. You know, we say, you know, let's minister to you the Holy Ghost. Yes. And that explains why 10 people will come on the line. You lay hands on 10. Maybe 6 will receive the Holy Ghost. 4 won't receive. It's not you. It's the people. Praise the Lord. But that's not what is there. See, see the straightforward thing that is there. He said he spoke concerning the Spirit. Whom those believing in him would what? Receive. Now look at the next line. It said, for the Holy Spirit was not what? Yet given. Follow it now. So the fact that I received the Holy Ghost is that first and foremost, what has happened? God has what? Given the Holy Spirit. But it, it gets better. Look at the last line. It says, because. I like when the Bible says, because. It said, the Holy Spirit has not been given. This is another argument. It said, because what? Christ has not yet been what? Glorified. Now, what is the glorification of Christ? It is his death and resurrection. So, Jesus had to give his life. Are you with me? Jesus had to give his life. God, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten. He didn't send the Holy He sent his son. When the son came and gave his life, the son was able to receive the Holy Ghost. And when he received the Holy Ghost in Acts, he was not able to do what? To pour the Holy Ghost to us. Now, what do you and I have to give to receive? Is they receiving? And notice another thing. Anywhere the Bible talks about the Holy Ghost, it says feel. John the Baptist said, I must what? Decrease that he might what? Increase. I must empty that he might feel me. It's a feeling. It's, it, the Spirit of God said to me, He said, The Holy Ghost is not added. You have to make room. You have to empty yourself. You have to say no to yourself. Jesus says, If any man comes after me and does not what? Deny himself. That's where there are problems with the attitude of thinking that Christianity is to help me make my agenda successful. No, Christianity is that somebody saves me and I become his own. You see, when we're singing the song, you are savior, you are Lord, I began to understand that there can only be, the Bible says there is only one name given under heavens, by which word, men shall be saved. That is the name of Jesus. Only one name can save you from hell. But you know what? Many lords can lord over you while you're on earth. And unfortunately, many people having been saved are following diverse lords. That's why Jesus, our Savior, would yet tell to us that we must choose whom we would serve. That we cannot serve. We cannot have God as Lord and have mammon as Lord. You cannot have God's agenda before you and have your own agenda. Many times, God's agenda will clash, will kill your own agenda. But you know what? God loves you more than you love yourself. If you follow with him and come to the end, you'll find out that his intention for you, his plan for you was much better than whatever you imagined. 
So what are we saying today? We're saying so the whole thing ties. However we look at it. We need the Holy Ghost. And the good news is that he's been given. We're not getting him. The Bible says if we earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children. He said being evil. Know how to give. He said how much more? That point is saying to me that whatever you need. Whatever you need has already what? Been provided. The challenge is never on the giving side. So somehow it's not reasonable to pray, Lord, give me the Holy Ghost. It's been given. So what I should be asking is, I want to receive. I want to receive. And how do I receive more? How, how many of us have, you know, drove cars when there was first scarcity? How many of us going to queue for fuel? What do you do? Do you go with your three-quarter tank? What do you do before you go? You do a you siphon all the fuel in the car so that when you go to that station, what will happen? You will be filled with as much fuel as your car can take. That's what it means. As believers, then constantly my prayer and my search, my diligent search on Wednesday will pray, Lord, let the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable. What are the things in my life that can block the feeling of your Holy Ghost? I don't want to come to church and get one quarter Holy Ghost. I want to be full. But for that to happen, I must come empty. I must make room. I must be a good receiver. I must be in a position because the master has made the provision. He has finished everything. He has done his part. He has done his part. That's why Abraham is such, you know, he's such an example. He's the father of faith. What happened with Abraham? God made a promise to him. And that promise was hanging upon Isaac. And then God says to the same Abraham, take down that Isaac, that son whom you love, that son of promise, and go and sacrifice him on the altar, on a mountain that I will show you. And Abraham takes Isaac, the son of his promise, to go to sacrifice to God who made the promise. What was he saying? He was saying, Lord, you I want and nothing will come in between you and I. And on that altar, he heard a voice say to Abraham, Lord, now I know that you fear me. He says, in blessing I will do what? Was he not blessed? He was blessed before. But the dimension God wanted to take him to. He wanted to be sure. Will this man lay everything down for me? That's Christianity. For you and I to make progress in our faith. We must be able to make room for him. No matter what. So finances, yes. Uh, prestige, yes. Vision, yes. Career, yes. My, everything must be ready to go down. You know why? If I don't empty, there will be no space. Even though it's given. Even though it's given. If I don't empty. If I don't make myself available. So maybe that song that says, Lord, I'm available to you. Maybe it works now. Maybe availability. Maybe sincerity. Maybe openness. Maybe yieldedness. Maybe complete surrender. Understanding that somehow this thing should be a walkover. You know, several meditations that come to my head. Sometimes you look at the demands and the things that faces the Christian. And you say, this is so difficult. But then you look at it. You say, no. What did Paul the Apostle say to us? He said, the Lord has said to me, my grace is what? Sufficient for you. Say, for my strength is what? Made perfect in your weaknesses. So if I'm seeing inability, it's not because I'm weak. Praise the Lord somebody. How many of us say I'm weak in one area? That area of your weakness is supposed to be a dimension for the manifestation of God's power. That's what the apostle Paul said. He says, yet now, what will I do? He said, I will glory in my infirmities. So, it means that there are areas where I don't receive help. I don't receive power. I don't receive, I don't open up. I don't say to the Lord, yes, you are the Lord. I don't say to him, take me Lord and do with me. I, I don't yield everything to him. I don't empty myself. So this morning, you know, as we round up for today in this, you know, different sided meditations, I've come to tell you that the Holy Spirit has been given. Praise the Lord. The same way love has been given. Fellowship has been given. Many years ago, we had, um, I don't know how to tell this now. Somebody joined the church and had a lot of, you know, what we may call um, loneliness issues, aloneness issues. 
And the counsel was simple. If you're married in the church, there's a fellowship for the unmarried. Praise the Lord. If you're married in the church, there's a fellowship for the married. If you're a man in the church and you're married, there's a fellowship for the married men. Okay? Now, your wife forsook you. At least you can come amongst brethren. They don't need wife to be admitted there. If you are married, you just come in. Now, the church of God provides avenue for fellowship. And all this does what? In fellowship, you are compelled to give. And some of the things required of you is simply time. You see, whenever we hear give, don't be afraid. It's simply time. Or even attention. Or even just care. Some people have reason to become, to occupy positions. Not because they are the largest donors. But because they are available. They have given. And because of that, things have been committed to them. They are known. They are comfortable. Praise the Lord. They are loved. They are the beloved. They are almost like stars. What has happened? They have made themselves available. They have emptied. So automatically, their vessels have to be what? Filled up. We should not allow the enemy to keep you and you feel this isn't working. God has made a perfect provision. Praise the Lord. The church is, is the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. Now, the body of Christ is as interwoven as your human body. Can your eye, sorry sir, can your eye be hungry and your stomach be full? Can the right hand be thirsty and then the left hand has no whatever gets into the body is what distributed across the body but you see if one body says i will not supply anything to this body again automatically that same part of the body will no longer what receive something let's rise on our feet father we thank you it's about receiving But receiving goes with giving. I need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit has been given. Maybe I should give something more. Maybe I should give something more. Maybe I should offer my life more. Maybe I should pledge my life more. The songwriter sang, he said, Pledging my life. Serving you is my... Let me make a confession to you. Do you know sometimes I come here and I'm running around. I'm never like that. It's when I come because of the work I have to do. As I'm giving what I am receiving. How many of us have taught people, you know, let's take Bible before. You notice that when you try to teach somebody, you know just one plus one is two. Right? As you're trying to teach somebody and explain why one plus one is two, you realize that you're beginning to get the square root of two. You know why? As you give, automatically. So how do I get my anointing? What are you giving? What are you supplying? What are you offering? You feel empty as a Christian. No, live today. Go and win a soul. Determine I will tell somebody about Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now the Spirit of God will drop somebody in your hand. Say, I will call this person on the phone and admonish the person and encourage the person. How many of us know we're in the end times? Say, by my mouth, I will warn this, my friend. I think he's living a careless life. The Lord has been putting him as a body. I, I need to preach the gospel to him. Or somebody feel this person is downcast. I-, I should encourage this person. I want you to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I receive. I receive the Holy Ghost. I receive enablement. I receive your anointing. I receive your power. I receive grace. I receive grace. I receive grace. Yes, Lord, whatever I need to give, I receive. You are more precious to me. Lord, I'm pledging my life. I'm pledging. I'm presenting my vessel. I'm surrendering my life. Lord, here I am, Lord. I see that the Spirit of God is giving. The Holy Ghost has been given. Jesus Christ has been glorified. He's been given. He's been poured out since the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost has been on earth. Lord, I receive the anointing to be a blessing. To be someone's prayer answered. To be somebody's encouragement. To be somebody's support. To be somebody's morale booster. I receive the anointing. I want you to receive. Lord, knowing that as I minister, 
I shall also be ministered unto. That is the law. Giving and receiving. That is the law. Loving and being loved. You can't love and not be loved. It never happens. You can't care and not receive care. You can't. You can't. Lord, I present myself. I present myself. I refuse every excuse. What we are learning this morning is that no more excuses. I'm always weak. No, you're not weak. Make yourself available. And the grace of God will pour on you. The strength of God will be manifest in you. I, I can't tell you how many times I'm so weak. But when is the moment to minister? Maybe to one or two, to three. All of a sudden, grace will flow in. Because once there is a giving, there will be a receiving. Once there will be a giving, there is a giving. There will be a receiving. Lord, I lift up my eyes to you. I lift up my hands. I, I throw my vessel to you. Lord, fill me up as I empty myself. Fill me up. Fill me up as I empty myself. I don't need anybody's sympathy. I, I am operating in the same world. I'm operating in the same world. It's giving and receiving. If the same way financially, it's the same way emotionally, it's the same way in every area. Lord, let me give. Give me the wisdom to give that I might receive. It's a law. Seed time and harvest. Thank you, Lord. Okay, okay, we'll just take this prayer and I'm done. How many of us know the disciple that Jesus loved? What's his name? Okay, okay. Just, just. His name is John, right? Who told you Jesus loved him? Thank you, Momichi. John is the one who calls himself the one that Jesus loved. Jesus never said, I love John. Specially. He's the one. If you can quickly, John 19, 26, John 20, verse 2, John 21, 7 and 20. He's the one who describes himself as the disciple. He said, look at the way he said, he's the one who wrote this epistle, so... He said, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved. Who is speaking here? John. Look at the other one. 20 verse 2. John 20 verse 2. John 20 verse 2. He says what? Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple. Whom what? Jesus loved. Who is writing here? 21 verse 7. Let's read it. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus who is writing here? <laughs> Verse 20. 20 of the same 21. Then Peter turning around saw the disciple what? Who is writing this one? Now let me tell you something. What do we say now? He's the one that... But Jesus didn't say it. But do you know something? He's also the one that loved Jesus in a particular way. When Jesus was on the cross... Which other disciple was there? Which other one? It was only John. When Jesus sat at the table of communion, which disciple said, Master, he's on your chest, I'll put my head. John poured more love and attained the title, John the Beloved. You can change your name. You can change your description. Nobody's contending. When we, if I say the disciple whom Jesus loved, will you think of James? Will you think of Peter? Will you think of Matthias? It's John. You can change your narrative. I want you to take one minute. If you want to kneel down, if pray, Lord, give me the wisdom that my narrative will change. It's not a sentence where you are. My narrative can change in every area. The, you, yes, even in your finances, you will not be the one that is always begging. You can be that, everything about, you can be that fire, fire Christian. You can be that dedicated believer. You can be that husband that loves the wife. You can be that submissive wife. You can be that uh, a pleasant single sister. You can be that very helpful brother. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord, to change my narrative through the understanding of giving and receiving. Lord, help me. 
Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. Because you are able to do for us exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. According to the power that is at work in us. Now to you, O Lord, be all glory. Through all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Praise the Lord, somebody. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.